0: Welcome to the Sherlock's Highlights podcast with me, Georgie Corridge-Cole. This week, I'm joined by Lou Huff, Charlotte Collins and Georgina Blasky. Hi, ladies. Hi. Hi. It's quite muggy today. I was just saying, it sort of feels like summer's on its way out, doesn't it?
1: Yeah.
2: I feel like I'm going to regret saying this in December when it's cold and miserable, but... Summer started so early here. I feel like we've had such a lovely long period of heat since June. And so I'm just ready for winter clothes now.
0: It actually didn't. It's funny. I think this sort of British optimist in us all forgets actually that summer started really quite late. It was really shit for retailers. No one was buying any summer clothes. Yes, we got to june and it was really nice but until then we didn't have a yeah, great spring and
2: it, it was the worst wind yeah the worst i was gonna say the worst winter but it was really spring it was i remember it snowing in like
3: april yeah right? exactly but, but it was for
1: ages It was so like a week long. of snow but it then was really hot yeah,
3: yeah. my yeah. birthday's may and i remember around my birthday planning what i was gonna wear and going out thinking i am too cold i need to put on some tights or something was it still cold yeah it was, yeah. Pretty, it right, was rubbish and definitely. yeah
0: retail was not a good place yeah But I think we had that amazing spell. So we feel like we've had a good summer. Yeah. And I think Brits
1: aren't really used to hot weather being for such a long time. Like, yeah, exactly. It was really strange. It probably feels like it's gone on for eternity and it was actually only two weeks.
0: (laughs) It is (laughs) only two (laughs) weeks. Well, if you've had enough of the barbecues and the rosé and warm weather and you'd rather be tucked up inside watching TV, what advice can anyone share? What have people been watching this week?
2: Well, I'm about to talk about a book and a movie, neither of which I have seen, but okay. I just
0: ordered the book
2: Crazy Rich Asians, because this Ooh, is the movie that's just come out you? that everybody is talking about. It started as a book. My understanding is it's like a Gossip Girl yeah. set in Ooh. Singapore. But So I've just bought the book. It's £5 on Amazon Prime right now. Go and get it. Just this is the, the book? The book. They said the glamour and the opulence is just so fabulous. And as I say, the movie is not only being lauded as a great watch, but the fact that it's featuring an all-Asian cast and is the first Hollywood blockbuster ever to do so, it's also garnering wow. a lot of attention. Okay. And it's already like broken a load of records and stuff as well. So, And
1: is it all fiction? Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. I read in the New York Times a really interesting piece about it saying that in order to get a movie made in Hollywood, you have to have previous examples of similar movies that you use as a benchmark. And this one really struggled to get funding because it's the first Hollywood movie ever to be cast with all Asians. God, my book
0: list is getting longer by the day. I've got about six books queuing up on my Kindle right now we had that amazing show with a woman from the wordery who came in with about a dozen of their bestsellers and I was literally I've written them all down, I've ordered about six of them. So she recommended The Secret Barrister. I've also been reading that It's Not As Good As Is This Going To Hurt and I'm reading Is This Going To Hurt Oh you? This is Going To Hurt and it's for people listening that don't know of it it's The Secret Diaries of a Junior Doctor and he's very funny isn't he? I was reading it at bed last night, I kept Sort of chuckling, it's mm-hmm. what I love, like Laugh At Loud Hilarious, but I was reading how many instruments he's removed from rectums. <laughs> yeah. Four months of <laughs> yeah. 15 or something. He's like, people come in with these really convoluted excuses that must um, be hilarious. Like, how, they're all yeah. Absolute bullshit. Yeah. He was yeah. like, yeah. one guy came in. With the remote control up his ass, oh. and it was when they found the remote control wrapped in a condom that they realised. You know. oh, <laughs> yeah. and,
1: and what had he said? His excuse was. Yeah, it
3: was. he accidentally said it, slipped up my ass. Yeah. So I was um, interviewing a GP last week, and I was saying, "Oh, have you heard of this book?" And we were talking about it. She goes, "Yeah, I was at medical school with him, oh. with no Adam, way. and he was very, very funny and a good doctor." She did uh. say, but I said, "Obviously, this is all true." It's like, yep, every word. And there's one thing in the book, a kind of teaching mantra, see one, do one, teach one. So any procedure that can happen with the NHS Doctors, they get to see one person do it, then they've got to do one themselves, and by that point, they are assumed to be qualified enough to wow. be able to teach one. And she said that that is true. Wow. Scary. Really Very scary. scary. <laughs> God, that is, isn't it? He's actually been struck off the medical register. I don't think he's ever welcomed back. But I think that's having
0: already left the Yes, 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 That's yeah. what I mean. The what, book is. For publishing. For, for publishing the yeah. book, yeah. Mm-hmm. I've also just read The Party by Elizabeth Day, which I thought was going to be better than it was. It's described as a sort of talented Mr. Ripley meets the riot club. And And I mean, David Cameron's in it. I mean, it... George Osborne's in it you know the characters are so obvious it's very cliched but it is a real page turner, and there's something really readable about it
2: I think because it was really lauded I think a lot of people thought it was going to be again a bit more highbrow but it's not right no, it's a bit not at it's all. gossipy yeah
1: another one that was on that list from the wordery was the Lido which I'm reading at the moment but I have to say I'm not enjoying
0: yeah, it yeah someone said much. that to me at the weekend as well
1: it's just quite slow I was saying Charlotte there's kind of three or four pages per chapter. Which for me, like when you're not on Holland, you're sort of dipping in and out. It means I'm just not getting too stuck into it, and it's a lovely storyline. But I'm just waiting for something to really happen, and it's nice because it's based where I live, so I know where all the places are they're talking about, and I can really imagine it. But it's not got me hooked. It is just a lovely story, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. For me, it was sold as the next Eleanor Oliphant, which I was completely obsessed with, and I haven't cried once yet. And I was straight away. Did you? You cried
2: early on in Elephant? Yeah. Oh, I just I
0: really felt something yeah. at every chapter and oh. I just haven't felt that so the other book that the word lady mentioned we'll talk about that in a minute you can just watch it on the show <laughs> that I have also downloaded onto my kindle is snap which is about four children whose mother disappears and the 11 year old son the eldest of the children brings them up and it's...
3: I thought that
2: one sounded amazing but really sad she said you started it was amazing
3: no I think it's a thriller though
2: yeah but I just thought it sounded
3: sad I'm I guess it's the original premise that the mother's gone that's sad but then after that maybe it's more I think you yeah. the flies yeah perhaps yes. catapulted into adulthood the other book that's supposed to be
0: amazing is Shoe Dog by Phil Knight a memoir by the creators of Nike I can't wait to read that with a quote from Bill Gates and Warren Buffett on the cover what more do you need line up.
2: Can I just say one more? So uh, it really stressed me out at the beginning of summer when I realised that there are so many classics that I haven't read. And I'm quite good at keeping up with kind of the trend books, but I feel really bad about a lot of the older ones that I haven't read. So I went back after Daisy Buchanan did her life in books for us and started reading Tender is the Night by F. Scott Fitzgerald, because I love The Great Gatsby. I just find it so hard to read. I have an English degree. I shouldn't struggle that much with a book that's 100 years old or however old it is. Mm -hmm. But there's just something about, the way those books are written that are just so much harder to get your brain in gear with?
0: I think you're right but I think once you get into them there's mm. so much pleasure yeah. from them but you've got to get sort of a third of the way in yes. to really they're so slow to get going and it's such a build up to understand the characters and yeah. years ago now probably 10 years ago I went through a period of reading a lot of the old classics I did English A level but mm. not a degree I wish I had and I just enjoyed it so so much but I think it's a slow start but once you're there it pays off
2: I think as Lou said it's another one where you can't just dip in and out either yeah. you have to actually allocate a few hours yeah, don't you yeah, and really yeah. just get stuck in do you
1: read multiple books at a time
2: yeah I guess what i do hell? yeah they've got to be very different but yeah when i say i'm reading the secret barrister i have that on audible okay. so that's kind of for commutes and then if i'm by a pool i'll read yeah. it yeah i just mix it up
3: let's talk about tv what have people been watching I've just started Succession, which is on Sky Atlantic, and it's a kind of a big media mogul who is nearing the end of his life, and he's got four children, three from one marriage, one from another. It's all about who's going to take over, and there are some big characters here. There's Kieran Culkin, Macaulay's brother, I'm guessing, oh, who hi. is like the most toxic younger brother you could ever have in it he's brilliant it feels like Shakespearean characters that are all about to fall is it based on the murder? well we did wonder is it but I'm only three episodes in and it's good it's American it's good I don't have to go Atlantic
0: I don't know I'm asking my husband I'm married to an accountant he'll just about pay for Netflix he tried to stop it (laughs) because we hadn't watched it for a while I was like hang on (laughs) I think
3: we're going to justify the £10 a month (laughs) well my Netflix is broken because my internet connection doesn't seem to reach up to the city room so I was kind of like oh oh, God, I need to watch something, so I was only on Sky, and there was that or the affair, the new series of The Affair, oh, which I'm is I'm desperate amazing. to watch the event. I will literally
1: want Sky Atlantic just so that I can watch the Oh, the, the affair. Affair amazing! Why are you saying don't yeah.
2: do it? I stopped, I have to say, I quit after a few series, but series one is like yeah, the best TV so, I've ever watched. I so feel good. like I'm
0: repeating myself from many episodes ago, but Thank we you. sat down and watched The Trader, the which series, the first one. Okay, sat there and looked at each other, and we went, we're quite happily married I don't think we're going to watch this and I had two girlfriends who both came up to me and said don't watch it I'm convinced my husband's
3: having an affair now <laughs> so, <laughs> so okay. we didn't oh, no. I watched, so, well, if you're happily married then you can definitely watch it knowing what, it's, yeah. it's only as I would say the programme demonstrates how unhappily married people are mm. when they embark on an affair and mm. that seems to me the message more than oh my god watch out your husband might be having an yeah. affair yeah, and so also that
1: it's not happily ever after once the affair has happened like everything that happens mm-hmm. after that yeah, well. yeah, on every so good, side yeah. of the relationship that's part of that affair. Yeah, I watched season one and two and absolutely loved it, and then it fell off my TV. So and then the Daily Mail it.
2: put a massive spoiler up the other day. Was that you I was talking to you about? No. The Daily Mail put in their like sidebar like a massive thing that happens, and then at the bottom said spoiler. So now there's no point going back because I know. Oh, no, I know. don't tell me. Don't. Tell I won't. Me. I won't. <laughs> it's, you
0: stick with it. It was a good start. Well, I like the sound of Succession. Mm. Just might have to convince my accountant to invest in <laughs> Georgie, have you been watching anything? Well, do you know what I watched yesterday? Sorry. Lou is not going to believe. I did say to her earlier in a meeting this morning, I said, I'm going to tell you what I watched yesterday for the first time. But don't say a uh, word I know what it's be. in the podcast. I definitely know what it what? is. Is it this? No. no. this for jazz hands. What is this? That was Greatest Showman. Uh, you know <laughs> what I think was Greatest it? Showman. I watched first time yesterday The Notebook, and um, when Georgie said
1: this to me earlier, I literally had to put my hands over my mouth because is, I could there. not. You can't believe that she's
3: never seen it. I, I, I cannot see. believe it, and like my heart was. What you have
1: <laughs>
3: My God, there was a pause, <laughs> <I> mean, <laughs> incredulous glances my way. I mean, I have not seen The Notebook. Oh, I've I heard of it. I, I didn't film. cry. Isn't it?
2: Story, what? story.
0: You didn't cry no. in the No, I mean, I did watch it in two parts. He didn't cry. He yeah, was looking in the kitchen, really clap. He was like, making. So- I was like, Are you finished? Because I'm watching a sound. So you film.
1: weren't really focusing?
2: Like-
0: I, I was focusing, Lou. I just think I was expecting... I mean, I cry and you send a... Th- that's yeah. that's why is. I can't believe that you didn't cry. Yeah, and I didn't. It's not like me. I mean, Back Mountain, when the credits came up, I was, like, convulsing in my seat in the cinema. But I didn't cry in the neighborhood. I, I think feel you like mean... you weren't
1: in the right mood. Yeah. Like, I think something happened.
0: It's nice. No, 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 like, there's something wrong with you yeah. to cry. Okay. Who's yeah. in it? Rachel McAdams. That's Ryan Gosling. Right, who I'm not wild about. I'm Ryan Gosling. Who is sensational. So, like, yeah. He yeah. Okay. yeah, he is. Those baggy trousers he wears. I couldn't get my eyes off the baggy trousers. Really? It's not a fashion show. No, yeah. <laughs> no it's good. I nearly cried yeah. when they're in the old people's home and he says, they're my children. Yeah. And you think that they obviously didn't get married and then someone comes up to her and says, hi Miss Allie. Yeah. And you're like,
1: oh, that's Ali. Yeah. yeah. The, the worst, worst no, bit me is, is when they're in the home and they're having the dinner and oh, she, so, she yeah. remembers him and then he says like, not tonight darling and then she says, why did you call me darling? I know. She, And you really
3: she's it. And it. And and it's How you
0: know?
3: I feel like I could still watch it. I don't feel I've had total spoilers. But i try Erase I mean, all it's, that a from a cheesy, my it's a
0: cheesy film, so it's not really giving anything oh, away. Okay. I enjoyed it. Do you know? I never sit down in the day. I sat down. And, and what made you decide suddenly watch because it? Because we've just launched our sort of Sherlock's community, so we're launching some Facebook groups and on Instagram. We're hoping to kind of encourage our Instagram followers to share their tips. So now, if there's a post on our Sherlock's Instagram grid with a hashtag community, there'll be a question, and the idea is that our followers share their tips It might be like what's your favourite hotel in New York and we did one which was what's your favourite rom-com of all time we had hundreds of responses and I was reading down and loads of people said the notebook and I was like god they're all talking about the notebook and who has the notebook Yeah, and I've got to watch the notebook so that's why okay so thank you to the Sherlock's arts community I did enjoy it
1: well moving on I went to the theatre last week to see Hamilton what which we
0: talked about on the show which
1: we spoke about on the show and it was just amazing and I'm still relishing in the soundtrack it goes
0: on every morning and
1: every evening in, <laughs> in our flat now and we're obsessed you're going soon?
0: I've been told to stop asking to be <laughs> I better be going otherwise I'm going to be really
3: disappointed have you seen it Georgina yeah I've seen it what I, did as, you think well I went like you were saying on the show I didn't read up about anything I quite like sometimes going to the theatre completely cold with no idea of what I'm seeing and thoughts of what I should be thinking about yeah. like, I just want to go and kind of take it at face value and this was so hyped up that I just thought there's no way it can possibly be as good and it totally blew me away to the point where I was sat on the edge of my seat and you know they're rapping so quickly yeah. that you have to just tune in and concentrate purely on what they're saying and. Join to keep up i was just completely electrified by the whole thing i thought it was amazing best thing i've seen forever i can't even imagine what musical i'm going to see next because it's just going to be so rubbish
0: well hamilton here i come when you think of loneliness you don't think of it happening in the place where you spend most of the day surrounded by other people but according to new research feeling alone in the workplace is on the rise More than half of UK employees, in fact, 60% have felt lonely at work, according to a new study. you felt lonely at work?
3: I don't know. It depends how you define the loneliness side of things at work. I think the loneliness aspect is feeling isolated and not part of, perhaps it's almost like playground stuff isn't it that you're not part of the main group who seem to be chatting all together and I think if you start Mm. a new job that that is probably Mm. when you might feel that the most because people have a shared history that you're not part Mm. of and that's why I guess it's so important to do team building things where you can integrate new people quickly Mm. and also I think there's a lot of research being done at the moment into how workspaces are designed so if you're more of an introvert, which I think the piece touched upon, how actually big, open-plan, noisy offices are not your friend. You just don't feel comfortable. You're better at one-to-one communication. Mm. And so there are ways of designing buildings so you can have kind of kitchen hubs or sort of small breakaway spaces where people can meet as a two or a three whether it's like a sofa or just a sort of coffee counter yeah. I think and I think that helps break down barriers for people who aren't naturally extrovert and Definitely. comfortable
0: I think if you are lonely at work and you want to do something about it you either have to reach out to your colleagues or you have to go to your employer and you have to try and get them to do more to integrate you within the company do you think if it's coming from a social thing like I think you have to be held partly responsible
2: yeah. maybe this is quite a mean hardline thing but if it is because you. You're struggling to integrate with new colleagues, not because anybody's kind of actively leaving you out. I don't know. Can you go to your employer and kind of whinge about
0: that? Or is that I, kind of on you? I think, well, look, I mean, yes, you could take a hard line and say, man up, sort of out for yourself, reach out to your colleagues. But as an employer, it's not good for morale for any employee to feel that way. And actually, if somebody came to me and said, I feel lonely, I would instantly say, right, we're going to organise drinks, we're going to do this, mm-hmm. and I'm going to make sure that you've got someone to go to lunch with. And yeah. if you just don't have the confidence to get to know people and to start these conversations, yeah, I think it's in an employer's best interest yeah. Yeah. to sort of help them get over that.
1: And I think, as you said, Georgina, some officers can have quite... Heavy clicks, and I think if you don't feel like you can get into that, then it's hard to try and
0: put yourself out there and, and get into that situation. Mm. And I also think, as an employer, you have to really keep an eye on that, or as a manager, you have to keep an eye on that, not mm. necessarily as an employer, but it's good to move people around as well. I think otherwise, you do get these pockets and people kind of feeling like they're on the periphery. Mm. I tried, and actually, it never really came into place. But actually, you're going to talk is... about the lunch thing? Yeah, I yeah. am. That never happened. Yeah. It never <laughs> no happened. one did it. No one did it. What was it? So i wanted to have a thing where was it once a week i can't remember what once a week once yeah. a month that you had to go and have lunch with somebody cute that you do- thanks that's a nice reaction you go and have lunch with somebody in the business that you don't normally oh my God, I love well, I think People were
2: put into groups so it was like groups of four and it was suggested that those are the people that you had to have your lunch time with
0: it could be two, three, four, but the idea was... I mean, it could literally be walking to Sainsbury's, walking to Pratt, you know, going for a 10-minute walk. Around the back. Let's say, let's sit in the kitchen together and have our lunch. But I just thought it would be a really good way to get people to talk to different people in their business.
3: But I didn't get massive... I think that's a really cute idea. Mm. I think so. You should do that again.
0: Yeah. I remember saying, we need to start a national campaign. We need to write a story on it and put it in our email and encourage other people to do it. Because I actually think there's so much that can be gained out of that. Just... In terms of friendships, in terms of your job, knowing what other people do, understanding what they do, I think so much could but we are also quite good at doing yeah and doing it is also it's
1: such a horrible feeling to feel like you're on the outside mm. and you just don't know how to try and get in and how to reach out to people and you feel like whatever you say
3: is not the right thing or people are judging you and I think it's a really horrible feeling to have we talked earlier in our when we we're talking about books about Elena Oliphant yeah and mm. I really felt for her when she talked about being at work yeah but she was so isolated from everybody but she kind of wanted to be as well and she thought all oh, they're sitting around chit-chatting was Kind of nonsense and the idea that people sort of shared mugs yeah. and all of that stuff. And I thought it's just really interesting because I've never thought of it like that. And I always like to kind of be right in, you know, having a good old natter in the kitchen with whoever's around. And I thought, I guess if you're isolating yourself deliberately, there are some people who just don't want to be part of that bigger yeah. mix. No, some they don't want it. are very
2: social. It's not what they want. But... Or they just don't like their colleagues. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
3: But that's different from loneliness. Yes. Yeah, exactly.
0: Anyway, if you're one of those people feeling lonely at work, go and talk to your manager or just. Be brave and send an email to someone and say, let's go and get lunch. Let's talk about afternoon tea because last week was afternoon tea week and we rounded up nine of the best afternoon teas in London to try from Disney themed menus to Instagram worthy creations. Well, How do people feel about afternoon tea? I love a bit of tea and cake but
1: I find my meal times very difficult to try to organise around it. Like do you have lunch and do you have dinner? Because I never know which way, like how much you divulge in inch
0: I know I think you've just got to get your booking time right because I do not like skipping my supper. My husband's family lovely as they are, they love at sort of four o'clock lunch i you know. literally can't cope with that so i'm like when do i eat in the evening i'm not gonna be hungry enough yeah. When do i eat my lunch i can't get up have breakfast, and not eat again until four o'clock and if i eat at four and i finish at six i'm like what do i do for the rest of the evening <laughs> and i feel the same with afternoon tea but you can at a lot of these places book afternoon tea at sort of six o'clock stay for a good few hours so it sort of becomes so dinner. Your,
3: your dinner yeah, yeah. yeah. we did a really speaking. good one with the kids it was a Sherlock Holmes themed afternoon tea. So all the cakes, it's like Dr. Watson's moustache on a cupcake and things like that. Anyway, they do book themed afternoon teas, which was really fun to go with the kids. So your table is beautifully laid. And I would book that for a kind of five o'clock thing. So it's kids tea done. But I agree. I don't know then later what the adults do. do, My children would love
0: it, but I'm not sure it's something that I would say to girlfriends. (gasps) Oh, let's go out for tea. Yeah. Like everybody
2: here knows I'm the last person to like count calories. But as far as I'm it's just a waste of a whole load of sugar that I don't need to eat you know it's like it's lovely I'm I'm sure it's really nice if you've got kids or for like a special occasion but I just don't need to go and eat like a whole stand of cakes in the middle of an
0: afternoon I'd say we did my granny's 90th she's not alive anymore but she was just the best like everyone's grannies but we all went our whole family to the Ritz for afternoon tea and they just spoiled her so much and we had amazing photos in this special room and books they gave her Uh, And oh, she was just in her element. She had all her children, all her grandchildren there, and then we took her the London Eye. And it was such a special day. I think for something like that, it yeah, it's really, really nice. nice. Yeah, it. and
3: it's more relaxed than sitting in a restaurant at lunch or dinner. Because when it's afternoon tea, you're on sofas. And then if you have got multi-generations, people can, yeah. can get down when they need to. And it's more relaxed.
0: I did like the sound of Mary Poppins' afternoon tea at the Akram Shard. Good. My children have just got into Mary Poppins. <gasps> in <fact, gasps> when so that good. come out? Is that next year? In December. No, it's <gasps> later this year. I know. I oh, wait. I
1: saw like a small fraction of the trailer yes. and just the music. That's it all there really is. It's a teaser, <gasps> I know. December. So well, exciting. we watched Very it on
0: Friday exciting. night. My husband, who'd never seen it before. Stop and... it. Wow. No, he'd never seen Mary. Oh, actually, his mum's yeah. Austrian, so there's weird in things in his life. Like, oh, I'll missed. start singing a song, like Humpty Dumpty, not quite. And he's like, <laughs> what's that? And i was like, Humpty Dumpty, where have you been? And then he reminds me that his mum's Austrian and that okay. he used to wear Lederhosen as Okay, I'll let you off. But he was loving a bit of Mary Poppins, oh, I have to say. So that epic. one sounds like Yeah, it's so yeah. Good. I haven't watched that in a while. I also like the sound of truffle Afternoon tea Me at the too. Harry. The Harry's a really great little hotel in Belgravia, which I really recommend. They've got a nice terrace in the summer as well. But I am a sucker for anything truffles, so I thought that sounded really fun. And actually you can't be sketched, can you? Mm. On the subject of events, do you ever go to fitness events, Georgina? I'm looking at you. Mm. I know that you work out on a regular basis. No, it's unlikely that I'd give up a whole day or afternoon for that. Well, I was quite tempted by Sweaty Betty Live. And yeah, you know, this is coming from someone who's never been to a sporting event. It is their event. They've been running it, I think, for a few years now. And this year it's taking place at the Old Truman Brewery in East London. And it's a day on the 8th of September jam-packed with wellness experts, fitness fanatics and some of the capital's coolest classes. And I think this is where it kind of piqued my attention because they've got Barry's Bootcamp, Third Space Cycle, Frame, One Rebel and loads of others. And I always wonder what those classes are like but I thought it was a really good way to go and try them out.
1: So can you just go and you pay for your ticket and then everything is on hand? You can check into any classes? And- yeah,
0: so tickets range from 35 to £60 pounds, mm-hmm. and it sells out every year. But yeah, you book your ticket and then I think you book into certain classes. They also have talks and workshops and 20% off if you shop the collection and lots of beauty brands there with complimentary treatments and things. I
1: thought it sounded good. Yeah, I think that is probably such a good way to try out all the different classes and see kind of what floats your boat.
0: It's also got a really good lineup, hasn't it? Yes. People like Madeline Shaw, Amelia Freer, love her. Shona Virtue, she's amazing. Amazing. She was at our Wellness Day, Alice Living, the Hemsleys. I mean, amazing. I think if you're into fitness,
1: really nice day out. Yeah. Okay. I think that's also when everyone's like, right,
0: summer's over, I'm getting back into it. Gotta deal with all that rosy I've been drinking. to bring it on. Long gone are the days people turned to surgery to change their face. Now millennials are turning to their favourite Snapchat filters to achieve cosmetic perfection. Charlotte, I'm gonna come to you. Are you a Snapchatter? I don't
2: use Snapchat, but I do use the filters. I remember when they first launched being like, oh my god, how late. Like, who would ever do that? Why on earth would you put a little dog's ears on Oh, your why? Face? But I don't, why yeah. do I literally
0: so, so so like, I didn't a get the most annoying thing.
2: But now, the amount what of people mean? I me, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs>
0: All right? Okay. Yeah.
2: <laughs> okay. Why? Because the amount of people who are like legitimate people who do it now I feel like it's way more mainstream so where in the past I would have been like God what are my lame friends doing? Now I'll have like Rachel Zoe doing it or like Giovanna Battaglia like genuine people are actually doing it and it just makes me look so much better. Like, I really wish I could go filter-free <laughs> on Instagram, but I can't. You
0: don't look like you. You yeah. look like you've got yeah. a filter on your face. I mean, there are people whose name I will not mention on the podcast who are people in the public eye and they never put pictures of themselves without a filter on. Yeah. Onto their Instagram. You're like, do you actually think that people think that's you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, was, I never
2: use any other... I don't have Facetune or any of those other, like, editing apps at all. What's it called? Facetune. That's the one that all the bloggers use to, you know, smooth out their skin or airbrush their body, I don't have any of that. It's like my one weakness is just making my skin look so flawless with a dog face.
1: And I think it's totally a vanity thing. I don't think it's about like how other people are perceiving I think it's being like, oh I think I look good in this picture.
0: I also don't think it's a vanity thing if you're putting a dog on your face because you're saying this is a filter that's not me. Like surely there are more subtle ways. Do you want to like airbrush out a spot or
1: but I think it's almost like you're doing that but in a like a funny way. Yeah you're like owning it. Exactly. So like you've got your smooth skin and your high cheekbones. But like some ears on your
0: head. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, apparently, like, oh, out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, apparently people are now going to see plastic surgeons, and instead of taking photos of celebrities that they want to look like, instead they're taking pictures of themselves in with filters on their face. I just find the whole thing completely it, is, it is so so I, so. Strange. I'm sorry, I would do that. My, I
2: cannot tell you how much better <laughs> my face looks with those filters on. I, if I were to have plastic surgery, I would absolutely be taking show them with the filter on. Okay. No, like, this like, is what I wanted it like. This is
3: skin transplants, you're almost talking yeah, about Yeah, quite
2: possibly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, no. I talking about bone structure. <laughs> but this obviously. is like yeah.
3: this yeah. is
0: like you know, changing the shape of your jaw. Yeah. yeah, Actually, my sister, who is is she 24, 25? Can't remember now. Sorry, Lex, if you're listening, came over at the weekend and she showed me a picture of her and my daughter with a filter on, and I was like, Oh no, I hate that they're growing up
3: and doing that. And Yeah, and it basically it's saying as you are, is not enough. No, yeah. You've now just, got to
0: put doggies on your face. And own. it was only a bit of fun, but she had like a twitching nose and pink ears or something.
1: And I think especially at a young age, to be able to see what you could look like is probably dangerous territory to go into when yeah. you're still evolving how
0: you look and, and your style and everything. So I think yeah. it, it is yeah. dangerous. Changing the subject, let's talk about whether you should discuss your sexual history with your partner. Should you ask them? Should they be able to ask you? My feeling is it's something women want to know more than men. But anyway, we put it to relationship expert Shannon Smith to reveal what she thought. She said the pros were that it can strengthen communication, it can encourage honesty and it helps you to get to know. Each other better would you agree with that I
1: think it's one of those awkward things where you think oh I want to know that and then you're like actually I don't want to know the answer to that question it's always a thing on Love Island where there's so many arguments about it so I think it's best not to be discussed personally
2: I think you've got to get it out in the open I agree with you you probably don't want to know the answer but I think you want to know it more than you want to not have that information
3: does that make sense? Yeah. Georgina. I think rather than know the number, it's better to know if they've been careful or not. I'd be more interested to know that. And I suppose on the other side, I'd want to know if they had slept with someone who they were still friends with. Yeah. Because I would yes. hate not knowing that their mate, they actually shagged 10 years ago. I just, <laughs> totally, I would yeah. want to know that. So the number doesn't bother me so much. It's more the behavior around it that I'd be interested in. But
2: the number can also imply the behavior. Like yeah. like on Love Island, when it comes out that somebody who's 21s had sex with 200 women. I mean... That is quite... Who's that, Marcel? Adam. Yeah. Adam! Yeah. 200 women. So he claims... And 21.
0: Wow. Yeah, wow. he's
2: hot. He was making up for lost time, I think. I'd be one of them. <laughs> <laughs>
0: 201. Um, <laughs> he's, what are you talking about? He's been out of love <laughs> over um,
2: three months. Yeah, so I think that, you know, you're going to want to know if that's your partner as well.
0: I think you want a bit of an idea as to what kind of person they are. And I'm with you. There are definitely moments my husband was single for a big part of his university years. And we used to go to a lot of weddings of friends of his that he was at university with. And he's told me a number. I didn't believe it. I think most men lie, don't they? But, you know, it gives you you a bit of an idea. You think they bring it down? A hundred percent. But I definitely would go to a wedding and I'd just say, just so I know <laughs> or a party or a dinner party how many women in that room have you slept with i just quite like to know if I'm sitting on a table next to someone that you've got history with I Ooh, just... I
1: think that would be such horrible information to then hold because great if the answer is none of them if it's like okay like her and her and her no. you'd be like oh my god get me out of this party now like you would have such a different relationship with that woman too if you didn't know that information
0: yeah but I want to know that yeah and I'm okay I I with not having that relationship with that person I don't want to be sitting there thinking oh my god she's such a great girl you know. Let's just chew the fat, and her sitting there going, "Actually, I banged her husband." I, yeah. Uh, yeah, and you've you got to keep your guard up about and it, and you have
1: to be the other way around as well. The
0: other way around, be so it.
1: he would know in that situation.
0: Yeah. I'm with you. I think you're a very good person who, if you can genuinely say you don't need to know that information. It would wind
1: me up too much or I wouldn't be able to get it out of my head. So I'd rather not know something than get caught up about something that I can't change yeah. and has got no impact on our relationship going forward.
0: That's a very rational approach. Yeah. I'm just mm-hmm. not a very rational no, person no, either. <laughs> Well, Lou, if only we could all be a bit more like you. There'd be a lot less arguments in the world, I imagine. (laughs) Let's talk about fashion. Let's talk about sequins. Who doesn't love a sequin? Trini loves a sequin. And sequins might be synonymous with the festive season. But a crop of summer-ready updates are making us rethink the sequin in warmer weather. How does everyone feel about a summer sequin?
1: I feel like, Georgie, I've never seen you more excited <laughs> about an edit than our summer sequins edit that ran on site last week. There was just so many
0: great <laughs> sequin pieces. I don't own any of them, I hasten to add. But, yeah,
1: I love a bit of a tan and a sequin. I think there's definitely something about a sequin and a tan, you're right, that makes you feel very jolly. And I think very, like, snazzy, and it's got a sort of girls allowed look at me. It's very fun, isn't it? Yeah,
2: it is fun. I can kind of see the outfit like I can see like a sequin mini skirt with like a white tee and like really brown legs Like nice. I, 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 yes, I, I love like that right. no, I don't know where to find it but anyway I can kind of see that and that really works but you've got to just be careful not to veer too much into festival territory there's yeah. a lot
0: of kind of you know
2: glamping style
0: there is a sequin jumpsuit that I saw someone wearing at Wilderness which I've seriously got my eye on silver sequin jumpsuit slash yes. earmarked for my hen. slash Charlotte's hen. <laughs> I also bought Coco green sequin skirt an H and M, which is so cute. And as I walked out, having bought it, I saw some little girl walk past me in the very same oh. sequence skirt. I mean, to say she's excited is oh, an there. understatement. So there you go: white t-shirt, green sequence skirt.
3: It. It's very cute. Uh, Georgina, you want sequins? With a tan, like a sequin cami or something maybe. But I think you've just got to be really careful, like a lovely muted blush kind of colour. or Even mm. white sequins can look like Love nice. white sequins. Mm. But I would never go gold. Probably more of a silver. Oh, I like yeah. sequin. Well, so you don't have to do the whole like head to
2: toe glitzy thing. If you look at a brand like Needle and Thread, who love a bit of sequin, they're a really good place to go for a touch of the trend. And
1: also your Olivia Rubin skirt. Oh yeah, that is fabulous.
2: Yeah. They're quite, well they're not matte, but they're not like shimmy shimmy in okay. your face. No, and yeah. it's always
1: like the tones of it, it's not that bright a sequin. Yeah, exactly. So it kind of has that sort of shimmer yeah, well, I to it. about but... that,
0: that really does work, doesn't it? From summer sequins to anklets. Who'd have thought we'd be sitting here talking about anklets? Because forget bracelets, anklets are this season's influencer accessory of choice. From delicate gold chains to shell adorned designs. Do we have any fans of an anklet in the room? Charlotte, I'm looking at you. Yeah, I'm sometimes a really big fan of an anklet. Not all the time. I think it looks
2: really cool with like a backless loafer. And also like the shell trend Mm -hmm. that's been around a lot. I bought my shell necklace and it has been doubling up as an anklet because... Sometimes a shell choker looks a bit surfer dude. So it's quite a good way to reference it without <laughs> no. going billabongy.
1: Yeah, I agree. I think the shells look really cool. And, I, and again, love it with a backless loafer. I prefer a slightly more dainty line. I think the the more beaded ones really remind me of when I was younger. The sign of a good holiday was when you came back with a good anklet. Yeah, like a hair
0: braid. <laughs> yeah, well, exactly. Yeah.
1: So I can't quite separate the two yeah, on myself.
0: Beads belong on anyone under the age of like
1: <laughs> yeah. I think. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure some people can rock it, but it's not it's not for me with my style. So I prefer the more dainty style. But you've got to be careful. I've seemed to have broken quite a few whenever I'm moving my ankles, and mm. just
3: snap off. Georgina, you fan of an anklet? Uh, for my daughter, yes. For me, no. I've had a pair of shoes this summer that are kind of got lots of ankle straps going on anyway. So there's no room for on me. And I just think if your kids are wearing them, then you're just not going to be able to go there. <laughs> I, say,
2: I watched the Devil Wears Prada yesterday. Oh, so did we. And did you? <laughs> yeah. and did you notice, well, I don't know if you noticed this as well, but when she wakes up in Paris with the guy with the blonde curly hair, they like do a pan of her body and she's wearing a toe ring. And I was like, wow, uh, this movie's old. Oh, I <laughs>
1: love a toe ring. Do you? I really love a second toe toe ring. That is a
0: fascinating. Know, yeah i
1: always used to get on a leg would you still wear one
0: mm-hmm. old school mm-hmm. i'm not for a toe ring, i must say and i'm not really for shells around my ankle either i'm liking the shell jewelry trend i'm liking it when it's mixed with a bit of gold in an earring yeah. or a bracelet but i think yeah on an ankle if you're going to wear an anklet, to me it's got to be really really dainty yeah. and you've got to have really brown feet yeah that's yeah. yeah it's not a good look with pasty skin Let's talk about something a bit more long-lasting because one of the most frequent questions we're asked at Sherlock's is which designer bags make the best investments? And we thought it was time to get a definitive answer. So we turned to Christie's handbag and accessory specialist, Rachel Kowski, for her insider knowledge from what makes a bestseller to why Hermes will always, always, always have the trump card. Now, it's genuinely true, isn't it? That it is the question that we're asked the most. Mm-hmm. And I think we are all in agreement that if there is one thing you invest in it's a bag you know everything else you can find on the high street but the bag you see first whenever we do events interview people the thing that everybody says spend money on the bag spend money on the bag and it's also
1: for me the one piece that can transform the most boring of outfits and make you feel really
0: pulled together and make you look cool yeah so what did everyone think of this piece I loved it Charlotte did you work on this yeah this was
2: my this is a bit of a passion project for me I have to say because it's mainly just some questions that I wanted answering on a personal front so that's nice (laughs) to work and work personal collide yeah I really loved the history of some of the bags that she talked about we asked about the first really iconic bag what's now known as the Kelly it had a different name it was called the Sac de Peche and she talked obviously a lot about the Birkin but there's also some good tips in here we asked if you wanted to spend under a thousand pounds on a classic bag what to go for she gave some great designer names I think Chloe's the key one there personally mm. I think they do some amazing pieces under that kind of elusive thousand pound mark um,
0: God I remember when I started Sherlock's and a designer bag was like 600 pounds yeah like a mulberry. yeah Alexa. and then they started to creep up and then they came down again and now
2: it's just <sighs> obviously one of the answers that people give a lot to the kind of what's the one classic to invest in is this, the Chanel 2.55 And then I read. I was surprised that she said she still thought that that was a bag to invest in. I think because it's never going to date. It's managed to survive a lot of. I think it has dated now. Well, basically, I read this quote the other day from Trini back when Trini and Susanna had their first book out, and she said something like, "Why would you ever want a bag that's got like gold chain details and quilting?" And ever since then, I've been like, "Oh god, she's so right." I don't know if she still has that attitude to Chanel bags. I don't know. This is like twenty years on, but that just really stuck with me. About Mm. actually, maybe it's not that nice.
0: I think it's had its day. I'm sorry to say. I actually now think it does look dated. I think the Chanel boy is much more current.
1: But I don't think it's about being current. I don't think that's what the 2.55 is about.
0: No, but I now see it on somebody and I think it's gone. I I, think it's over and I think it looks tacky. I really think it's just about how you wear it. So if you're going to wear, you know,
2: like white skinny jeans and a blouse and then you're going to put a black Chanel 2.55 over it, it's not going to look good. But actually, if it looks like you've got taste and fashion sense and you're wearing it with a more modern outfit, I think it can still look like you really know what you're doing with it. If that makes sense? Rather than just you just bought that bag. I don't agree I don't see it now I don't see it at all I, really no really and I also wonder if the boy will still stand up in 20 years time like the 2.55 yeah. one possibly, I think
0: will possibly yeah. not and maybe if you're investing in, in, yeah. in something for yeah. life then the boy isn't the right one I for years wanted a 2.55 and I actually got quite close to buying one when I had my third baby but I didn't actually didn't regret
3: like, it. I don't want one anymore I don't regret it is it the one that has the flap? yeah it's just the normal the classic Yeah. Flat. Okay. yeah so I was given a chanel bag lucky me by my mother-in-law and it had belonged to her mother-in-law and it's beautiful but it's the kind of thing i would never buy that myself as my choice for an investment bag but it's lovely to have and occasionally i use it but i think you're really right it really depends what you're wearing it with well it's interesting you say that about it being a family heirloom georgina because she
0: said everyone always asks if chanel bags are really worth the price tag and she said in her opinion four and a half thousand pounds it's not too much to spend on a family alley. I mean, clearly she works for Christie's. <laughs> she says, She's in a slightly different... Uh, she does
2: say, if you can afford it. If you can afford it. That if bit, if yeah. that's something that's
0: in your price range. I did like the point that she said, the backpack is the most overhyped bag ever, unless you're camping, it's all function and no form. I mean, I could not agree more. Like, I can't camp- that
1: Chanel one? I love that. I
2: do. So would you still ease. use that now? I thought yeah. it was so cool for like the one month that it was everywhere.
1: Yeah. I would not wear it as a backpack. Yeah, I like yeah. it like, it's almost like
0: a little bucket bag. Yeah. I think they're really cute.
2: I would never spend i mean unless money was really no object i would
0: never buy anything that trend led no yeah i agree well yeah personally i just i'm with her i think backpacks are a complete waste of time she did touch on bags such as the fendi baguette god i'm sure well i certainly remember yeah back in the 90s when that was just a bag to have and the dior saddle bag designed by galliano in 1999 which is back which is back. I just really hope it doesn't catch on. I
1: really hate it.
2: Yeah. So, Charlotte, you're, yeah, you're yeah, a bit of a fan. It. I really
1: In
0: such a throwback way, like, I would
1: use a
2: Fendi baguette God, if you're now like as a well. marketeer's dream, Charlotte. Yeah, I'm <laughs> such a sucker. I'm like, I saw on Instagram, so I like it. <laughs> <laughs> but, I genuinely, I think it's so cool. You know, like I'm obsessed with Carrie Bradshaw in, like, a throwback way. So, you've got to wear it again with a bit of irony, but yeah, I think it's oh, really cool. Oh, did not
0: she have a denim one? Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah I would so have to say. Wrong. I draw the line at denim. So wrong and such an impractical shape and it's really thin and,
1: oh. It's so thin and it's such a horrible shape and the strap is so tiny that you have to wear it over your shoulder but it's stuck under your armpit i love
0: that though it's so vintage like oh it's just so cool and i actually love older ladies with the classic dior bag you know dior do that quilted bag Mm -hmm. i don't know what it's called but i think that's such a chic look at a certain age
2: but not when you get the oversized one that's taking it too far agreed but you know what i'm saying (laughs) i still
0: think dior bags have a place yeah. yeah but i just think you know the saddle bag should just be left in the archives, and yeah. that's where it belongs. Well, I think that the
2: one biggest takeaway from this was that the Hermes Kelly and Birkin are the two key bags. If you have the money, that are kind of the ultimate investment pieces, and really the ultimate classics, aren't they?
0: Yeah, she said that the most she has seen an Hermes bag go for was three hundred eighty-three thousand. Oh my! Wow. Gosh. It had diamonds on it. They had diamonds on it. If I told my husband that, I think he <laughs> would be sick in his mouth.
2: I think Ben would appreciate how little I spend if I did
1: <laughs> <able to laughs> I would be too nervous to have a bag you of have. that expense. I'm sure you yeah. don't use that, do you? Well, you but then me- why have it? Or you use it with your, like, your security guard. Yeah, I was going to say, you need a
2: bodyguard yeah. walking behind you. I suspect you. <laughs> whoever bought it probably is able to afford a bodyguard. Will be Hopefully
0: best. it's sitting in a glass case and not being used. I think we'll leave it there. If you enjoyed that, then do please rate, review, subscribe and tell your friends. We'll see you next time. Bye bye.